All right. Merry Christmas, uh, young Damien Brown. How are you? Good, mate. How are you? Oh, very, very good, mate. Yeah, the gym. It looks like you're in a looks like you're in a shop there, all that uh, merchandise in the back. You there? Yeah. Good stuff. I'll see if I can get these to hook up, so yeah. a bit of that background noise for you. What's going on in the background anyway? Are you there? Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, is that better? Uh, same, same old, yeah, it's fine, yep. Okay, cool, because they just got people working in the background. But... What are they doing, trying to make the place bigger? <laughs> no, 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 just hitting pads. Okay, no, I so... Need, I don't need a bigger place, yeah, I'm going to wait 12 months. I need to see the accountant about that. Yeah, training, I mean, training never stops, does it? You've got, oh, you've been man. sleeping, breathing and eating. Training. Oh, man, I, I'm like, literally just do a few PTs for this two weeks, I'm just doing a couple of PTs and then I'm... And then I'm, uh, I'm out of here each day. Yeah. yeah, anyway, so you wanted to do a bit of a podcast before Christmas. We haven't sort of done one of these for a while. Yeah, uh, so what's been happening, mate? What's been happening at the gym? Obviously, it's going very well. You've got uh, people fighting in competitions. Um, obviously, they're training up from the ground, aren't they? Yeah, look, we, um, you know, we've had like a couple of people over the last 12 months. They joined us 12 months ago. And um, in that time, they've dropped, um, you know, a couple of them have dropped 30 plus kilos. One of, them, one of them's nearly 40 in 12 months. And, um, and, they've, and they've both fought. Um, so we had four guys fight this year. Uh, one, of them, one of them had his second fight for the gym. The other three had their first fight for the gym, but one of them's had multiple fights anyway. Um, really good results. We... Um, you know, two wins, one loss, one draw, but the results aren't always, you know, winning and losing. But more what you see, what you see them put in practice after after a year and the hard work, and then you see it, you see it sort of pay off. Yeah. So, um, three, what is it? Three days before Christmas. Um, uh, what's been happening? What else is there? I mean, obviously, UFC has been on every week for the last. Like half a year, hasn't it, or more? Yeah. Well, I didn't think there's been many weekends off, has it? No, not since July. There's been not a week off. It's been constant. Every week there's an event on until obviously it won't be anything this weekend or the next few after that. But um, well, I been... think um, I think as a as a young business owner, mm. I've certainly found that there's not much downtime during the week. But when I was when I was just a full time athlete, I always had time on my hands. So. Spend time with the family during the week and watch UFC on the weekend. I think this might be the least amount of UFC I've physically watched on Sundays for some time. I get I get no time during the week now, but um, it's not a bad thing. Got to work at some point in my life. No, it's, it's glad that you can sort of work in the gym there full time, and you're obviously employing a few people, which is good. It's uh, you know, giving them some uh, you know aspirations in their lives as well to be able to reach goals. So. Uh, but obviously, yeah, yeah, obviously things are working there. So um, you're obviously doing lots of different uh, types of classes, guilt, female classes, um, striking, BJJ. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, the, the female classes, it's so funny, actually. Um, what happened was my wife wouldn't do jiu-jitsu for the better part of 10 years. Yeah. And I opened a gym 
And I was teaching her some technique on a, on a Saturday, just messing around between the two of us. And I actually got um, one of my staff members, and she's my teammate. Been training with her for years. And um, so it's roughly the same size. So I was like, oh, can you drill this with her? Because it's, it's a better size body to, to drill with. She's like, yeah, right. And then an hour and a half later, um, they both come over to me and they're like, oh, by the way, we're going to start a uh, ladies class next Saturday. <laughs> Really? I'm like, well, uh, you guys are just need to work out how you can do that. And, um, so that's that's how it started, and uh, and then it you know it went from just a Saturday morning sort of the mothers of like the kids in our gym, and then and my wife and a few others, and then it just slowly built. We just started advertising it, and now we've probably got about I'd say like. 16 female members that come to it throughout the week and we've got three classes now so we do Tuesday, Thursday afternoons and Saturday mornings mm. um, so it really took off but you know look um, the jiu-jitsu that we teach is is combat based you know self-defense style jiu-jitsu it's not um, you know sweep stand up always get on top um, and then obviously we, we teach stuff off the back but our primary objection object, uh, our primary um, goal should always be to get on top, so sweep or stand up. And I think, I mean, in the last 12 months or so, you've had uh, two of the city kickboxing guys visit your gym as well, with Dan Hooker and Brad Riddell. Um, yeah, so I don't... Um, when, when Brad's must have been either right at the start of this year or right at the end of last year, but he ran a seminar yeah. for us. Yeah. Um, and it was actually... Brad ran the first seminar I ever ran out of my gym. Um, and it was a really good turnout. We probably had... Um, and this is, I think it was just before he debuted, wasn't it? It wasn't too long before he debuted in the UFC. I think it might have been the um, the end of last year. Um, he wasn't in the UFC at the time, and he was just travelling around. He actually fought in Cloughs uh, Harbour on one of the local shows down there, and then he came up this way and ran a seminar. Yep. So it was, it was the same um, week. It was the week after his last, uh, I guess, regional fight. Mm. Uh, in MMA and then he fought on Wollongong Wars is what it was called yep. and um, and that's that promotion's actually ran I believe by Alex Wolkanovsky's coach um, so he that's fought on that fun. then he yep. come up and ran a seminar and then um, Dan Hooker he was over here for XFC earlier in the year and um, he had a fight coming up and and we've trained together a few times so when he was making his UFC debut uh, he actually cornered Kaikara France on AFC back in my hometown in Aubrey. And um, I was supposed to be on that card and they flew me there anyway. And um, I had an old coach from there from when I was growing up to, in my childhood. And we just used his gym and got some sparring in down there and pretty much just uh, bashed each other for 10 rounds. And then um, when he was over here for that card earlier in the year, you know, I always offer, we, we talk a fair bit, and I always offer offer the gym for um, any of those guys that come over here. You know, obviously it's good for my gym as well, but, um, you know, it's just who I am. You know, most people that tra travel need somewhere to train, and most of the time they either don't know where to reach out or they reach out to just the only place they know. So, you know, I just, I just offer the floor, and if they want to come, they can. If they don't, they don't. Um, but he was awesome. He came in, he trained with like the kids here and um, 
He did some sparring with some of the 10 year olds and he's a really, he's just a really good down to earth, genuine person. So um, yeah, that was, uh, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, no, excellent. Excellent stuff. Um, yeah, what was, what was I going to say next? Yeah, the um, the UFC, obviously, and you, I want to tell us about, uh, you haven't been able to have a fight for a while because of because of COVID and stuff like that. It's, has that sort of been, have you been chomping at the bit now to, to get back in there? Or? Yeah, look, mate, look, I don't think, um, I don't think the desire for violence will ever disappear. Um, I think, you know, there's there's a bunch of different reasons people retire from fighting. One is physically they can't do it anymore. You know, maybe like the injuries have added up. I think um, a few knockouts in a row, things like that, they start yep. to add up. The other one is you just fall out of love with training. I think one of the big things with, with fighting is you've got, to, you've got to love the training. You can't like hate going to the gym every day just because you love fighting. So I think that's, that's another reason. And I think one of the other reasons is, um, you know, some people never lose the desire to fight. Um, and they never lose the thirst for violence, which you, you've got to have to be successful in this um, sport. But they, um, you know, sometimes have other things going on in life that just make more sense at the time. Um, but I definitely am looking forward to you know, placing them up again a couple more times. But but I'm just not sure really what's even going on in the world at the moment. So the UFC guys, obviously, they get their visas. You know, the, the UFC is very good with athletes. Like when, when I fought in America, pretty much you got this 500-page document sent here. And it was like, take this to the embassy and you'll be sweet. And I just book a flight, fly to Sydney, put my paperwork in with my passport, left, and two weeks later, my visa turned up. Like I didn't have to do anything. Yeah. Um, you know, most most of them are the same. In Japan, it's the same. The uh, Ryzen will, you know, send everything you need to go to the Japanese embassy, and it's, it's pretty straightforward. But it seems like the UFC are doing their part in ensuring that their entire roster has an opportunity to make money. Um, you know, they've given most of, I believe, the Australian and New Zealand athletes an opportunity to fight at least once this year. Um, I'm going to say if you're an Australian or New Zealand athlete then you're probably making money somewhere else as well because it's a lot more expensive to live here than, than what it is in America and fighting once or twice is not really going to support your family even at the highest level unless um, you know, maybe maybe someone like Dan Hooker who's in the top five he's making a good point he can fight once and probably get away for the year but anyway the average person making 20, 30 pound a fight is not going to take all your cost of that, your tax and your fight preparation and all that. They're not living off that. So, um, but he's definitely given most of those guys an opportunity to fight and travel. And then obviously because they've got the visa the travel exemption, um, it's difficult with other promotions because they're not as big, they don't have as much money. Um, and then obviously the countries. So, um, you know, our, our intention is to fight on Ryzen. I love fighting in Japan. Um, I like the rule set. I think it's the purest form of combat you'll ever be a part of. And you get treated by Japanese people like a martial artist and not like a, you know, 
dog, I guess, or just an entertainment tool. Um, so it's it's a pretty surreal kind of um, cool experience. Um, so yeah, that in Japan you can't travel to Japan unless you're a resident. So that that makes it difficult even for that promotion to get people there. Um, I know UAE Warriors in Abu Dhabi have had some issues with travel as well. You know, recently we've seen Shannon Ross travel over there and not be able to get home. I think uh, funny page uh, him, I think I saw. Well, I think that was to help his family a bit because mm. he couldn't come home and work. So, yeah, yeah again, he, he's a mechanic. He's got a job. Mm. Um, so he, he did his camp and took some time off to get ready for, to, for his fight. He obviously put himself in that position. And then when he travelled over there, um, they couldn't get a flight home. So stuck in Abu Dhabi for like two weeks, mm. waiting for a flight home. Um, so yeah, it's just it's just quite difficult to to travel anywhere, and I think the smaller promotions just don't have the I don't know resources, money. They're not in a position, or maybe they're in a, a country that isn't allowing travel. Whereas America, America don't seem to care. They let anyone fly over there. Um, and then obviously Abu Dhabi as well. Um, UFC happy to charter flights as well. So the UFC obviously chartering flights for their athletes, whereas other promotions are putting on domestic travel. So, this is, I mean, there's a lot of factors, but we're definitely looking forward to fighting again. I thought I was going to be fighting New Year's Eve, but the travel didn't get lifted. So, um, you know, every show that comes around, we're hoping to fight. But right now, I think if uh, anyone that went into COVID and came out the same, wasted an opportunity and... Um, we definitely, we definitely feel like, um, you know, we've made the most of it. And I, I just focus on the business and focus on what yeah. we can control and keep training every day because it's what I do anyway. It's part of my life. And then, um, you know, if a fight comes up, we'll, we'll snatch it up. Mm. Uh, certainly miss uh, being able to catch up with you because it's been a few months at least now, obviously. So it's... Um, coming towards yeah, Christmas. Sure. So, what, what, um, let's, I guess, before we sort of look at a few, a few other uh, things ahead, um, if, obviously, you, you are a big fight fan and you obviously do watch the UFC uh, anyway. So, tell me about who you think uh, some of the fighters that you've been most impressed with the most, I guess, in 2020. How good is Charles Oliveira? Oh, Charles Oliveira, I think you were on him too when it came to Tony. And, Hard. So Charles Oliver, anyone who didn't, anyone who, anyone who loves a good, uh, accurate investment, I should say, uh, he he was he was for my mind he it was very obvious that he was going to pick apart Tony Ferguson. He's very similar in his submission game. He's very similar in his striking ability, but he's far more technical and far more tighter. And he looks fantastic at lightweight instead of featherweight, which he missed weight a few times. Mm. And, uh, you know, I just thought, like, Tony Ferguson's entire jiu-jitsu game is based around that Anaconda Dash choke front headlock sort of setup. Uh, but so is Charles Oliveira. So uh, as, a, as a submission person that likes the front choke series, I felt like both of those guys wouldn't be able to submit each other with those submissions based on the fact that they both have an understanding of the mechanics and therefore can defend it. So um, I thought it was it was very obvious who was going to win that. 
Um, and it, uh, to be honest, I mean, looking at, I mean, obviously, uh, Tony was put in a bad position at the end of that first round and, and very close to tapping, I felt. Um, if it went another few seconds, but uh, yeah, yeah, obviously. I mean, my elbow is still recovering from watching that. Um, mm. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was super painful watching it. I don't know how it didn't break. Um, yeah, it was just. It was, the, it was, it was bent it was, backwards. It's pretty uncomfortable. Yeah, so obviously he made a mistake to get to be in that position, but the, Charles Oliveira obviously took advantage of that that particular, you know, moment and uh, was so close. But you know, he just he did just dominate him, just you know, top control. Just had him yeah, so but, um, about uh, Brad Riddell's next fight. So Brad Riddell's going to be fighting a ranked fighter, is he? I'm just trying to think who he's it was. Fought, he's fighting Gregor Gillespie. Yeah, that's right. So. Gregor Gillespie, only had one loss in his whole career, and that was the head kick knockout to Kevin Lee, I think. So that's going to be a dangerous fight for your boy, Brad Riddell, that's for sure. But um, Yeah. Um, to, I mean, you know, the thing is, like... Riddell's going to have to Gillespie's win on the Gillespie's feet. wrestling is on a whole other level, but he's also fought those couple of Russian wrestlers that... Um, yeah, that's right. He fought that guy. He did fantastic, you know what I mean? Auckland. So, who knows? I mean... You like to think that his he's wrestling defense is, is on point. Um, he's proved it already. But um, Gillespie's arguably the best wrestler on the roster. So we'll see what happens there. I'm not, I'm not sure what that's going to be, but that'll, that'll be a good, certainly a big test for Riddell. And uh, there's always a you know, possibility he can, he, can, he can do something, land something like Kevin Lee did. Well, he, my prediction, you heard it here first, is that. Uh, Israel Adesanya will fight Jan Blakowicz. That's happening, I reckon. In February. I think it's March, and, is what I heard. Well, I reckon that Dan Hooker, yep. uh, Alex Volkanovski will defend his belt. Dan Hooker, uh, Kokara France, and Brad Riddell will all be on the same card. Quite possible. Um, I don't think it'll be in Abu Dhabi because that's uh, January is when they're going back to Abu Dhabi. Um, so I reckon... I reckon February or March, whichever pay-per-view it is, I reckon that's... Um, they're going to have, this is what I heard today, they're going to have, obviously, the, the Connor pay-per-view, and they're going to have one in February and two in March. So they're going to have... In um, Abu Dhabi? I'm not sure. To be, to be announced, but most likely the other ones will be in the apex. But um, the fights that I've heard are Volkanovski versus Ortega in February. Um, I've heard... Uh, Stipe versus Francis in March, and also, and also um, Israel versus Blahovic in March, uh, and also Nunes is, is booked uh, now, rebooked at the start, start of March with uh, with Megan Anderson. That's been rebooked. Um, oh yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, not sure where Yarn versus um, Sterling. That'll probably be February or March. Tiger was out on. Yeah, Aldo looked great, and it was a great day for the veterans. Like, the veterans got smashed the week before, and you had um, Wonderboy and, and Aldo, which we both had a, I think we both had a double on that, and also um, Pettis one as well. So, the, all the veterans winning those fights, which was really yeah. good. Yeah, it was... Um, um, oh, are you there still? Yeah, yeah, yep. Oh, I lost that. Um, yeah, no, it was... Um, it was, it was really cool to see Aldo wrestle. It was good to see him back from those like Yeah, games. that back tackle was really interesting sure. and different. 
that was really good. And um, I was having a bit of a listen. You, I think we're both a little bit surprised that Marlon Moraes is pretty much, you know, just getting smashed the last couple of fights just easily. Um, he did sort of try to take Rob Font down in that fight, but um, I was listening to a podcast before the fight. I should have actually listened a bit, a bit more closely, but they, these guys are on Rob Font, um, these experts. Yeah, well, a, lot of, a lot of people thought that uh, his boxing was going to get it done. I think, and a lot of people were surprised when the fight actually happened that um, Marlon Moraes actually took him down. They were surprised with his his uh, his wrestling game plan. I didn't really realise that he was a wrestler. Or had that. I just thought that predominantly, you know, he as a as an athlete backed himself on the feet, and that was his thing. So, um, but his takedown was on point. He just um, just, just gassed out, and lost the lost the advantage. Yeah, well, he gets tired. I mean, you know, look at when he fought Cejudo. He, he like, first round was crazy. But then Cejudo just kind of got back into it and, and Marais just got tired. Mm, yeah, no. So, no, some interesting, I mean, some interesting uh, fights. I mean, I think Blahovic being the light heavyweight champion, that surprises me a little bit. I mean, he's obviously done well his last couple of fights. Uh, knocked out Corey Anderson, knocked out... Um, Dominic Reyes, that's two big names to knock out back-to-back. Um, yeah, sure. yeah that, that was quite... A, what, what, did, what did you think of Kevin Holland against Jacare? Did you see that? Oh, I didn't see it. I, I had Holland. I mean, I had Jacare, but I definitely didn't see him knocking him out off, the, off his back. But then, it's not the first time. So everyone was shocked at it, but like... Um, no, he's just... N- Nico Price knocked out Randy point. Brown the same. Remember, he was on his back in like a... Omar Plata sort of like shoulder lock position and then just hit him with a hammer fist and knocked him out cold. Um, so it's not the first time it's happened, but it was definitely it was definitely a surprise. I think more of a surprise for most people that Jacare is such a heavy wrestler and a, and a good jiu-jitsu player that he put himself in that position, I guess, was probably what surprised most people. Yeah, having his head up like that. But, you know, this guy had such six foot three and had really long reach as well. To be able to reach his head off his back like that, just with fists, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's, um, it's yeah, it's, it's crazy. I, just, like it's, I can understand if you kicked him in the head, but, you know, I can get it. Yeah, yeah no, but he's reached up with that right hook and put it on his chin and he was out. <laughs> I think, like, the thing is, like, it's not so much... Like, a lot of people get hit from there. It's the fact that he generated enough power mm. to cause that damage. So, um, yeah. Yeah, that's probably what surprised most people. And what do, what do you think? Do you think, think Khabib will fight again? No. You think he's done? Yeah, I reckon he's done. I reckon he vacates, and uh, I reckon... The winner of Conor McGregor versus Dustin Poirier will fight the winner of the unannounced fight between Michael Chandler and Dan Hooker. Hang on, so Michael Chandler, I thought he was going to fight Justin Gaethje. That's what I heard. Uh, I don't. I don't reckon. I reckon he's. I reckon he's fighting Dan Hooker. Either that or they're both. They're both playing like a crazy social media game and leading on. I mean, everyone's trying to get a bit of everybody there, but what's I mean, I it's a, it's a crazy like the top eight could definitely have an eight man tournament and find no, a winner. Listen, I mean, and I'll, I'll tell you what, what's his name to jump the queue a bit, 
there should be ranked one or two at the moment, Charles Oliveira, not three or four or whatever. It's well, you've got you've got Rafael de Santos, mm. Charles Oliveira, yep. Dan Hooker, Conor McGregor, Dustin Poirier, Justin Gaethje mm. at six, Tony mm. Ferguson. Mm. Even though he's lost two, he's still up there. You only yeah. throw one more in, like a Paul Felder or something like that. I mean, you've got an eight-man tournament. Anyone can win the belt, and anyone, any one of those eight would deserve the belt. So it's, yeah, it's um. But I reckon, I reckon we'll see Dan Hooker versus Michael Chandler in February. Well, that's that's a good big bold prediction. Get some inside knowledge, or is that just a good guess? <laughs> no, no, literally, no. I've got no idea. I just, I've been watching their social media because obviously. Okay. Uh, most people would know that I'm... So if, that if, that don't make the, if, if, if it's not Gaethje versus Chandler, then obviously it would be Hooker versus Chandler. I mean, that, that makes sense. Well, I mean, I think Los Angeles needs to fight in there somewhere too. Yeah, definitely. Um, no, RDA you know, needs to fight again. Gaethje, he's, he's hanging for it. He wants to fight very soon. So. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, what, what makes sense for the belt would be Dustin Poirier versus Justin Gaethje. That's what makes sense for the belt. But Poirier's got this fight against McGregor. Um, yeah, you know, I think, I think yeah, I my, so. my prediction is the Mega Metal holds under the belt until he's forced to vacate it. That's what I think will happen. So he said he's retired, but he hasn't could, vacated. Could well happen. I don't, I don't think, yeah, unless he decides to, or he sort of tried to vacate the belt. I mean, when you, when you sort of put your um, gloves on the ground like that. Well, essentially, he should be pulled from the rankings and he should be pulled out of the Asada pool. But he is first time we've seen. It's the first time I've seen a, a, a fighter um, put his gloves on the, you know, on the ground, which means retirement, and then still be considered by the by the head of the promotions as the champion, and and you know, still the yeah, it's just it's it's interesting. So, well, I, but, I guess there's behind behind the behind the curtains, there's a there's an yeah. official way to take yeah. the belt. I guess. Um, yeah. He never did that. He just said that. That was his last fight. Um, yeah, are so, you, yeah, I don't know. Do you think they'll make TJ Dillashaw against Jose Aldo? Um, yeah, that was, that's what Jose called out after the win. Well, so did... Uh, who was the other one that called him out? Um, Could have been Sanhagen. No, the other one that night that called out TJ Dillashaw. Or Rob Font, I don't know. Yeah, Rob Font. Rob Font called out Dillashaw too. Okay. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Sandhagen's fighting Edgar. Um, they announced that this morning. Yeah, that's right. So, exactly, yeah. So, you know, Dillashaw's got to come back. He's eligible already. I think he's eligible in October. Uh, well, he's eligible. He'll be, be able to fight the next... I think January was um, two years in January. Uh, is when oh, is it? I thought it was October. But, um, but yeah, so, like, you know, he, he's going to be fighting February, March. As soon as he's eligible, they'll announce a fight. So, um... Yeah, who knows? Um, either of those guys makes sense. Jose Aldo, TJ Dillashaw would be a, like a super fun fight. Um, so, so do you think, um, where, where do you think John Jones fights next? What's your prediction there? Uh, I think... Um, will he be waiting till the latter part of the year? Or? No, look, I think he just fights as soon as Stipe and Ngannou is done. He'll, he'll be just itching for a fight. So I, think get, just give, I think they'll just give him a title shot straight away. 
I don't think he has to warm up to it. Well, I guess I guess what the UFC are hoping is let's get this done in March, this Stipe versus Francis, but let's just hope Francis knocks him out. That's this is what the UFC are hoping, I think. And then that way, you know, three months later they can they can book that fight. Well, um, Ngannou wants to fight, so like they they get that fight out of the way, and Ngannou wins, then straight away they're uh, you know they're going to book Ngannou to fight Jones straight away. But like if if Stipe wins, I mean, who knows when Jones fights? Stipe likes to take a good uh, six to twelve months off between fights. So um, I guess yeah, I guess yeah. when you're on the good dollars, you can do that. Yeah, so that's that's the interesting that's the interesting play at heavyweight. There's always that potential Jones versus Izzy fight somewhere down the line as well. Yeah, well, I mean maybe maybe Izzy and uh, Blake, which maybe they get that fight done before Steve Baningano and then potentially you know, Izzy fight. beats him, which Izzy will beat him. I think Izzy beats him. Easy. He's faster, sharper, more accurate, probably longer. He won't be as big, but you know, he'll uh, he'll definitely be able to beat him. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. I, I, I think, think, yeah, I, think wins, um, I think the Jones fight makes sense straight away. Yeah. I think I think Blahovich definitely improved, but I think he must be coming to a point where he's peaking and can't get any better. Um, he is forty-two or thirty-nine. Or Thirty-seven. Like so, is he? 38 or something, 38. Yeah, so like, you know, he, he's, he's a wide heavyweight, so he's probably, probably fights as 40, 41 if he really wanted to, but I mean, how long he stays at his peak for, who knows? Polish yeah. power. Yeah, I know, it's, it's interesting, you see him fight someone like Jack Array, and it was a very close fight, and, and um, only beat Jack Array by a round or, and a half or something, really, you know, it's, you know yeah. it's, it might have been a split decision. And then, after that, just knocks a few guys out and is the champion. Yeah, I mean, you know, he knocked them out in style, folded them in half. Yeah. What about um, what do you think of Bellator now with all these signings like like Rumble and uh, and Romero? Well, I like what they've done. Where well, you know, Rumble and Romero, you know, they kind of still they're still uh, what's the word relevant? They're still relevant. You know what I mean? Whereas they used to sign a lot of guys who uh, maybe maybe weren't they were still at the top of the game but they weren't maybe as relevant anymore um, whereas the guys they're signing now are relevant and they've also said no to a bunch of guys right? they could have signed Anderson Silva said no to them so like there's, there's some that they've chosen not to sign and they're kind of going away from that signing a lot of mid 40s and giving guys their last one or two fights Style of uh, signing. And they're signing a lot of young guys now. So, yeah. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't know. I still, I still don't understand. I just, what I don't understand about Bellator is they still don't have it on TV in Australia, do they? No. Like we get it in New Zealand. You don't, I don't know if you would. You don't, no, you don't have, you don't, well, I didn't ask for a podcast so you could brag about watching Bellator. So. <laughs> I'm gonna sit up till midnight and watch it on uh watch it on what is it? Uh one or whatever that one H D is or whatever it is. And uh, I don't, they don't have it and they don't even have it on um they don't even have it on the Bellator app. Like if you download the Bellator app, you can't even see it on that. You can't see it on their YouTube channel. Like it's it's geo blocked and it doesn't make any sense because like 
they geo block it normally because you know, say say you uh, you got a bunch of Japanese fighters, they geo block it so you can't watch it. You got to buy the pay per view, yeah. um, or you got to be at the event. But like, there's no reason to geo block Australia out of Bellator because you know no one's buying a pay per view and no one's you know no one's going to attend. It's like we're like on the other side of the world. Mm. It's, it's weird that it's not accessible. Mm. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, strange, but I just thought it was interesting that it's accessible here, but anyways. <laughs> but anyway, enough about that. Um, so next year, what does next year look like for you? What, what, what have you got any sort of, uh, set any goals, any plans? Um, um, yeah, I mean, I'd like to make my gym bigger. It'd be nice, you know, isn't that the, the point of business is always to grow. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I wouldn't mind uh, fighting twice in 2021. I don't need to fight too many times, but a couple more times. And um, build a bigger gym. So but, it, as far uh, as promotions, is it rising? Um, any other ones besides Ryzen? Yeah, I mean, UAE. We spoke to UAE for a bit. Um, yep. But it, but their, their big thing is, like, contact us when travel opens up. Yep. And when's that? No one really knows. We don't know. Yeah. Um, so um, th- there's there's a couple, but we'll just um, I'll just have to wait and see and take it as it comes. There's no there's no clear. I mean, there's a there's a lot of Australian promotions asking, but the, again, there's it's like I think there becomes a point where everything needs to make business sense, right? Mm. You know, you can't let. 200 people train in your gym for free because you want to train 200 people and they're not be able to afford your rent. It's the same as, um, you know, if you can't afford to get ready for a fight, then there's no point half getting ready for it just so as you can fight. Mm. So, you know, if it makes sense, then uh, we can make it happen. But other than that, I'll, I'll just, I'm happy to sit out and wait for my opportunity to come up and um, keep coaching people and haven't you know local fighters it's it's really exciting to i don't like maybe not for everyone but for me I, I find i'm really passionate about um helping other guys do what i did so it doesn't have to be fighting but just learning martial arts in general but especially like the fighting side of it i get more nervous for my fighters than i get for my own fight so yeah, like, I'll, I'll be like they're about to walk out i'll be out the back like dry reaching and belching it's not even my fight mm. and uh i'll be out the back like super nervous for him like are you ready to go i'm like yeah, yeah i'm good let's go and i'm not even fighting um but i you know i feel all the same feelings that i get when i'm fighting for my own guys and i, I think that's really cool because that means that one day when i don't have to do it anymore or i don't want to do it anymore i still get that same buzz mm. um I still get as excited for them when they win, if not more than what I do for myself. Because, you know, I make my guys put in the same hard work that I'll do myself. So you can't just train three nights a week and have an amateur fight. I make all my guys train five nights a week. I make them do their weights and everything. So I see all the hard work that goes into it. Mm. Um, And I get nervous for them. And then I get excited for them, the same as I would myself. So. That's really cool. So I, I guess the focus for 2021 is to get more guys on the local circuit if that's what they want to do. Um, but most of all, just help more people. 
help more people learn martial arts and have better physical and mental health through martial arts. Um, and I think um, I always look to get uh, you know seminar opportunities and that. There's always I guess there's always that on the horizon, isn't there? Yeah, look, we got we got a Dan Higgins seminar in March. Um, so that'll be the first one. I, I'm not sure we're going to get too many people from overseas running seminars, but mm. but definitely definitely we'll have that one. We'll probably have a striking seminar in the middle of the year, um, and uh, you know, like COVID, COVID's like for everyone has made things difficult. It's made things difficult for us. You know, I I'd, uh, my I guess like part of my business model was to have an international UFC athlete that travels to Australia every year run a seminar in my gym along with um, a few other regular ones, like one or two a year with um, Dan Higgins. Um, but travel has wrecked all of that, so you can't, can't have those, those internationals over here at the moment. So, but um, yeah, I'll just, uh, we'll just take it as it comes. So hopefully we don't get another lockdown. There is, I think I noticed in town here, they've got a Carlson Gracie um, jiu-jitsu franchise in Queenstown here. Yeah, I think it's pretty big. Yeah, no, it's they are quite big. They're meaning to sort of go, but um, yeah, no. It uh, yeah, looks like need, there's a lot, of, might, lot of people that go there. They might need a new accountant, mate. <laughs> yeah, no, they, obviously they have competitions throughout the South Island. It looks like, and they go out to Christchurch and they go. To, you know, I think they're. I think they're a pretty big gym. They're pretty successful. They got a lot of, a lot of good guys. I've, I've seen something. Um, I think there's a few around. Something Queens, on yeah, social media? Yeah. Um, and I think that, I, I think I've seen something with that gym on social media and how the, yeah. like the numbers look pretty good. So, yeah. But um, is it hot over there at the moment? Mm. Yeah, is it hot over there at the moment? What's that, sorry? Is it hot over there at the moment? No, no, it's not that warm. It's, um, today's probably about uh, 18, I would say. As hot as it? As hot as it gets. Yeah, no, it's not as hot as it gets. But it, I mean, I played. I did play golf yesterday in the morning. It was it was a bit cooler actually. About 15, 16. Uh, I wore a jumper for half the half the round. But um, I was um, I was I was you know it's funny because I'm not very good at golf, which we yeah. have um, we've discovered on a couple of occasions. But um, I was thinking about it the other day. I was I was driving past the uh, the golf course over at um, Nudgee. Oh, Nudgee. Okay. Yeah, and uh, and I, and I was thinking about it about the uh, the Apex Golf yeah. Ambrose tournament. So um, yeah, no, I do. I've ran a lot of those over a number of years, and yeah, no, they're, they're, they're a lot of certainly a lot of fun. And uh, I mean, the thing about those is it's. Um, they're great days, and I love attending them. I love organize, I loved organising them as well. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to organise one here with, with the Rotary crowd. But um, yeah, it's certainly yeah uh, fun days. But it's just it's harder to get. Sometimes it's, I found it in recent years. It's just harder to get good numbers to these things sometimes. You know, just, it just depends on yeah. the situation. Yeah, yeah, it would be harder now too. Things are yeah, but then, did, for everyone and... but then I did go to one about um, six, six or seven weeks ago. I went to the one um, down at Millbrook, which is a, one of these courses that they use, play on the New Zealand Open on. And uh, 
it was a chamber of commerce top day and it was like 120 people it was like jam-packed that's pretty big yeah it was quite well at least 100 to 120 around that year it was about 20 odd teams it was uh, that's good. people hadn't sort of met before it was quite good yeah. resort style course yeah. yeah well that's um you know i think there's just a lot of uh back to your question i think there's just a lot of uncertainty in the world at the moment so mm. you know i think like we can set goals and try yeah. to reach them but like we don't really know we don't really know what we're doing so it's just it's um you know one step at a time and for me is to fit the you know, fill out the gym and um, obviously provide jobs. You know, mm. the gym's never going to provide hundreds of jobs, but um, mm. but you know, I, I like that uh, the coaches that I have are you know um, decade-long teammates, and we all come from the same system, but we teach differently and we have a different approach to the game. And I'd like to um, you know, I'd like to add to that team of coaches and, and, and staff and, um, and we're working on we're working on a couple of things we're working on uh, potential Wait. exhibition charity uh, boxing Wait. match all those different uh, ideas yeah that's that's nice and quiet at the moment so more hopefully more will come out about that in the future um, I was going to ask you did you did you watch Gallon versus Hunt <laughs> yeah, I did. Didn't you see that? Yeah, oh, I saw bits well, and pieces. On the, on the new headline. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> oh, mate, like. Heavyweight buffhead. I, uh, I put one post up on social media straight after the fight. And then, uh, <laughs> and then a lot of the, uh, I guess, the Cronulla Sharks fans or something, they didn't really take too well to my. Uh, Twitter comment, so um, you know, it was back, a bit back and forth, and then about three days later, and it's still going now, but about three days later, someone messaged me and they're like, mate, we're the day of the telegram, and I was like, what are you talking about? And they sent me a screenshot, and they're like, you're a troublemaker, and uh, the daily telegram, the courier mail, news.com, and uh, what was the other one, and Fox Sports, they all took my only my tweets, not the interactions, just just mine. Like I'd said, like three or four different things, and they posted them like the headline, like I was the most forthright in uh, disagreeing with Gallon's um, call out of Rob Whittaker. I was just, you know, I was just honest, but um, I said what probably ninety five percent of the population was thinking. But, yeah, I don't know. I woke up to being a headline. And I ended up on a bunch of different viral Facebook pages and um, news channels. But, you know, they say no publicity is bad publicity, so see it happens. Um, you know, I did see something on Instagram or something. So I'm like 85 kilos, so if Gal wants to come down four kilos, we can do it under 100. Yeah, yeah he's... Um... <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was one of those interesting ones, I mean... Oh look, I mean, you know, we have all seen it. Like Conor McGregor is one of the fittest athletes in the world and when he boxed mm. Mayweather, he only lasted ten rounds. Oh. Um, you know, ten out of twelve and, and like the first three he was fantastic. And mm. if you look at the energy systems, the first three rounds was like 
three three-minute rounds and a minute break. That's 11 minutes in. Yeah. Now, MMA guys fight 15 minutes max. Yeah. And that's your main event. And you fight 27. Yeah. Now, boxing fight over 12 rounds is 48 minutes. You know, you got 12 three-minute rounds and a minute break in between each one. That's 47 minutes. So, 48 if you conclude the best before the right afterwards. But 47-minute fight, that takes a, a whole other energy system, something to build up over a lifetime. You don't just get that. So, I think, like, going into the fight, pretty much everyone knew that Mark Hunt had to knock him out. Or at least, you know, hurt him a couple of 10 8 rounds and we're going to have a draw or something like that. But, you know, um, Gallon's been playing 80 minutes of football his whole career. Like, it's like he's, he's, aerobic, yeah. he's aerobic, his aerobic capacity would be significant compared to Mark Hunt's. Um, you know, I think like that's, yeah, don't get me wrong, I wanted Mark Hunt to win. Mm-hmm. I'm a New South Wales born Queensland, I'm proud of it. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I wanted Mark Hunt to win. I wanted Mark Hunt to win by knockout. But I think like if, if you look at it from an actual physiological point of view, is it, it kind of went the way it had to go. Like one's an aerobic athlete and the other one's an anaerobic athlete, basically. I know you still use, you know, you need to have a good aerobic capacity for MMA, but it's, it's very explosive compared to boxing. Um, and so I think the fight kind of played out the way people thought it would. Uh, if you knew anything about sort of athletes, training-wise, and aerobic and anaerobic, you know, physiological uh, makeup and stuff like that, I think, I think the fight kind of played out the way everyone expected it. Um, I lost money on it. I was invested. In my uh, well, I wasn't, uh, certainly wasn't going to invest in that fight, but um, I, I mean the last. I was invested because I'm a massive Mark Hunt fan. Yeah, I mean I the last time, the last time that Mark Hunt won in the UFC, you know, was against Derek Lewis, um, going I think in the fourth or fifth round, he stopped him. But uh, his gas tank back in those days was probably yeah. That was uh, that was in June, 2017. Yeah, three and a half because, years Because uh, I fought on that card. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, he was, by his own admission, he was happily retired prior to Paul Gallen calling him out. Yeah. Um, so, good on yeah. him, you know. Yeah. Probably got paid, like, three quarters of a mil. I'd fight Gallen tomorrow for a quarter of a mil. So, mm. it's like, you know, I, I guess it's prize fighting. And a lot of people are like, oh, he's there for the paycheck. Oh, I mean, tell me you wouldn't be. You know what I mean? It's like... It's like for seven hundred fifty thousand dollars, most people are there for the paycheck. That's why it's prize fighting. You know, it, it's like saying someone goes to work in a call center and they're only there to get paid every Thursday. Well, they are there to get paid every Thursday, which is why they maybe don't perform every week. So it's just a different scale. You know, it probably makes a lot of people angry because it's entertainment and they're expecting a bit more. But um, at the end of the day, that's his job, and uh, he was there for the paycheck and he put in a good, solid performance. He just didn't get the job done. Uh, so I guess, um, obviously, there's a shout-out to your gym, the Base Training Centre, if anyone wants to, to join in North Brisbane. Um, it's, it's the best gym in North Brisbane by far at the moment uh, when it comes to MMA training and all that sort of stuff. What, tell us about uh, Christmas. What, what are you going to be doing at Christmas time? Uh, what are you going to get gym? up to? And does the Myself. gym close? Yeah, look, the gym is, um, we're not shut. We've shut the timetable, but we, we have open mats um, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday this week. So people can come in to jiu-jitsu or striking. Uh, we have coaches here. 
that can help them. Um, so if you don't know anything, it's fine because we have coaches here that can give you techniques and um, direction and things to work on. But it's, we don't have structured classes for two weeks. Um, it's, it's essentially a way for us to to have a, I, I guess, like a skeleton staff. Big companies would call it like a skeleton staff. So like a couple of coaches and and let people keep training over that period. Um, there's a lot of public holidays, so it's it's really hard because we normally wouldn't be open on them either. Um, so Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday this week, Tuesday, Wednesday next week, and then we're back at it from the fourth. So we're only really shut for two weeks, um, and we still have five five training sessions in that time. Um, so that's the gym. Mm. We open we open January fourth. Um, you know we. Uh, we have 12 week contracts now so people can sign up for 12 weeks and to buy their equipment or you sign up for 12 months and we'll give you your equipment. So, um, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, MMA, kickboxing, um, people sign up for 12 months, we'll, we'll, we'll kit them out so they can get started. So, uh, that's probably the biggest cost in starting martial arts is buying all your gloves and shin pads and gaze and all that sort of stuff. So, um, it's quite an outlay to get going, but, but we, um, we recently did a restructure and that's all included in the membership now. So that's really good. Um, that's, that's excellent. Well, I, I still remember like 12 years ago when I started kickboxing, it was um, $100 for gloves and $100 for shin pads. And then you got to join the gym and you're like $500 deep before you step on the mat. Mm. Um, so, yeah. you know, we, we decided to, um, to do a bit of a restructure where if you join up short term, obviously you buy it. Part of, you still get it with your membership, but there's a, there's a joining fee. And then if you join up long term, then we'll give it to you. So, um, you know, we, we want to re we want to invest in our members the same as they, they invest in us. So, um, that's the gym point of view. And uh, as for me, I uh, I booked a lovely trip down to New South Wales, which is obviously looking very sketchy at the moment with the um, COVID numbers and the border restrictions. Where you going down at Albury, or where were you going? Yeah, so what we did was um, we booked flights to Melbourne to hire a car and drive to Albury for two nights, and then back to Melbourne for a night. Um, my uh, my son, one of the luckiest kids alive, has two sets of great grandparents, which is uh, which is crazy, and. Um, he hasn't met one set, so we we really feel he's about to turn four, and we feel like it's probably time. Yeah. Um, so we, we spent the money, which anyone that's travelled lately would realise that it's. And also, if, if memory serves, if memory serves me correctly, it's also your birthday on Christmas Day. Is that right? I'm just trying to remember. Yeah, that's correct, mate. I do turn thirty-six years old on uh, on Friday. So thanks for bringing that up. <laughs> Problem is, obviously, if you have, as you know, if you have your birthday on Christmas Day, you get less presents, don't you? <laughs> well, most people do, yes. But, uh, you know, it's always like, I always try to see the funny side of things. And my parents are separated, so I get four yeah. presents instead of two. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I haven't done too bad for myself. No, but, um, but, yeah, so, we, we, you know, we've got a trip away, but we'll see how the restrictions go. Um, and trip away to down south might turn into a up north trip. So, yeah. Okay, Mo, um, anything else Anything else final that you wanted to say? It's, it's, uh, I guess wanted to say uh, thank you very much uh, being a friend the last few years and also uh, thanks for uh, being 
you know, regular, I guess, on the podcast. Um, we sort of, sort of celebrated the top 25 personalities, I guess, uh, on in the podcast this month. So uh, today, you'll, uh, I'll do a bit of a link and, and share this podcast as well as your previous podcast. Awesome, mate. Thanks for that. Um, now, look, I mean, it's been it's been a great few years, but um, I appreciate the work that you've that you've um, done for me and the support that you've given me. And uh, you know, I, I I obviously always recommend you, but I strongly recommend um, yourself and, and CTBS. You guys really di- like I guess gave me direction as far as business went and uh, tax accounting and stuff like that when I was when I was an athlete and I was kind of lost in the game of uh, tax and I'm happy that um, you actually reached out to me so um, so thanks for all your support and uh, everything that you do for me um, it's much appreciated no it's, it's been a, it's certainly been a pleasure no it's I mean we just gave you the platform you know your success is is your doing remember that you're the you're the uh, person that's put everything together. You're the you're the one who's who's had all those those wars, as <laughs> far as concerned. And you're you know you're the one who built the gym. So you're the, all these successes you know, that you've had in your life. Uh, and I think you've had a you know it's been a fan. Even though we've had a crazy year, it's been very very crazy. We really both of us have got to look at the positive side of things. I think it, you know over the course of what's actually transpired, you know. Yeah, look, you know, my uh, my wife, it's funny because my wife said to me this morning, are you ready for another lockdown? And I said, I'm 11 times more ready this time than I was last time. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, it's, um, yeah, the, it's been, it's been a good year for gyms in general, not just mine, but gyms in general have had a good year post COVID. So, um, I think, uh, I think the lockdown was a lot to remind people that there's, there's a good reason to, get off your bum and get out there and socialise and join a community and, you know, exercise, but more importantly, join a community and, and, and meet new people. So um, it's, been, it's been really good. Thanks for having me on again, mate. I appreciate no, it. No, that's okay. Thanks for chasing me. And it's timely to do it, uh, as we'll, we'll obviously share your, your previous um, uh, podcast as well. So I think it's great. Thank you very much. All the best over Christmas and 2021 is going to be a great year. And let's... let's uh, Let's hope that we can uh, see you back in the cage again. Yeah, let's hope so. Thanks, mate. Okay, see you later. We'll catch up uh, soon, mate. Sure, mate. Merry Christmas. You too. Okay, see you, mate. See ya.